if you are a hailstorm or a turtle, it doesn't mean that your relationship is doomed. It doesn't mean that you or your spouse is deeply flawed in some irredeemable way. It means you're human and you need to learn how to switch on the light. So the cycle of pain stops and you don't transfer it to your children as well. And number three, we need to learn how to first stop poking each other's wounds. The second stage is to learn how to soothe each other's wounds. And the third and final stage is when couples can actually protect each other's wounds. Welcome to Heal Your Relationships. This podcast is all about healing your marriage and your other close relationships without waiting for the people around you to change. I'm your host, Dr. Kavita Sun. Let's dive in. Well, hello, hello, my friends. Good to connect with you guys again. Happy Thursday. I hope your week is going okay. I hope that in the midst of all of the chaos and the busyness and the moments of hurt and disappointment, you have also experienced moments of peace and joy and beauty and awe and connection. Today, I have a really cool topic to unpack with you guys, and that's the dynamic that we call in our world the hailstorm and the turtle. So in your relationship, right, in your most intimate relationships, most of the time, one person tends to be the one that brings up complaints, right? The person that worries about the relationship, is anxious about the relationship, questions different aspects of the relationship, and then brings up those concerns or questions or complaints to the other person. That person is the hailstorm, not because they are trying to storm anybody, but because that's how the turtle, their spouse or their partner or their intimate loved one experiences them. Okay. The other person in the dynamic is someone that tends to feel emotionally depleted quickly. They may not have very good vocabulary for emotions. They don't often have a very clear understanding or a nuanced understanding of their own feelings or needs. So when you don't know what you're feeling or needing, it's very hard to then express it, right? So not only do they not know their own feelings or needs, they actually get overwhelmed by emotion both their own emotion because of their own childhood experiences and attachment style, but they also feel overwhelmed quickly by displays of emotion in someone else. So someone crying, someone complaining, someone criticizing, someone telling them that they are doing something wrong, that they're not doing it right, they're not doing it enough. That feels so uncomfortable and almost like drowning, like suffocation for the turtle that they go back to the only thing that they learned in order to survive this in their childhood, which is to space out, to withdraw, to shut down, maybe get defensive. But in different ways, they are creating a buffer between the complainer and themselves in an energetic way, right? They might actually be sitting right next to the complainer, but there is a almost no expression on their face. They're just waiting for the storm to pass. And they're almost sort of like not really taking in what the other person is saying because they don't know what to do with it. And it feels so overwhelming and confusing. So instead of taking it in and feeling like they could get completely swallowed by it, they just energetically hold it at an arm's length and just wait it out. So 
that doesn't mean that they're intentionally going into a shell like turtle. What it means is for the hailstorm, that sort of energetically keeping the emotions at arm's length in order to survive for the hailstorm feels like somebody is turtling, feels like somebody is intentionally going into their shell. It might even feel like that person doesn't care enough. He or she must not feel terribly attached to me. I mean, if they did, they would tell me, especially after I've asked and begged and cried and pleaded and said it nicely and said it angrily a thousand times. If they felt anything for me, they would have told me. So it must be that they just don't care as much for me. That's why they have nothing to tell me that is caring and loving. So in their minds, they are the other person, the turtle is somewhat intentionally withholding, which, as you can imagine, only makes the hailstorm feel more agitated, anxious, angry, rejected, alone. And so the storm becomes louder and it lands on the turtle and the turtle actually becomes more confused and overwhelmed and pushes energetically even further into their shell in order to preserve some sense of sanity and autonomy in their own minds. And again, this then causes the storm to rage even more and on and on it goes. Now, everyone has different sort of shades of this, right? In one dyad or one relationship, the turtle may be someone who completely checks out, who leaves often, right? Physically leaves or mentally leaves or is always on their phone or says that they're working all the time. So there's lots of escape behaviors that they don't, they're not trying to intentionally think through as escape, but is their subconscious way. Even without this relationship, they tend to escape into distraction in order to numb out because emotions feel so confusing to them. So there are different levels of numbing out, right? When I work with couples that have gone through infidelity, many, not all, but many of the partners that ended up cheating are dismissive avoidance, aka turtles. Because in any long-term relationship, discomfort, disappointments, setbacks, confusions arise that you just can't prevent that, right? That is part and parcel of living closely with any other human being. And the fact that dismissive avoidant doesn't have much nuance or comfort even with feeling things that feel mixed or gray or complicated, when they come across that, some, right? Not all. I've seen many, many dismissive avoidance just continue in this sort of push pull cycle and stay loyal and stay in that marriage forever. But some end up cheating because they don't know how to bring up and work through the discomfort in the relationship. So they think, not logically, but they look for an escape route to feel some relief, to feel like someone does like them. Because in their minds, all this complaining means that this other person must not like me. She's always complaining about me. He's always poking at me, right? So escape behaviors, again, can be so many different varieties and degrees of intensity and severity. It can be as small as just not making eye contact and checking out or staring at the phone a lot, and it can go all the way to affairs. So as you can tell, this dynamic, this push and pull 
is actually quite common in relationships, especially in marriages. And it's really interesting when you think about why would two people who clearly operate differently get together, right? Why would they get together? And the reason is, if you think of the alternative, right, securely attached people are about 40 to 50% of the population. So by some counts, 60% of the population, which is the majority of the population, is insecurely attached. So insecure attachment is either anxious, which is the hailstorm, or it's dismissive avoidant, which is the turtle, or it's the disorganized, also known as a fearful avoidant, which is just a combination of one and two. So if you think about why do anxious attachers end up so so frequently with dismissive avoiders or fearful avoiders, it's because when two anxiously attached people get together, they combust really quickly, right? They're both pretty emotional and volatile, and both have hard time containing their emotions. So they just don't progress. Those relationships don't progress enough to get to a commitment stage. Sometimes they do, but many times they don't, which is why we just don't see a lot of those in committed married partners. Same thing with two avoidance getting together. It just would not sustain because there is no one to chase. There's no one to keep the relationship together. There's no one that is acting as the glue. And so they sort of fall apart and disintegrate and die really quickly and early. They don't combust. They sort of just fade away. So just because of simple math, we end up with more anxiously attached people with avoidant attachers and or fearful avoidant attachers. And that's what we call the hailstorm and the turtle dynamic. The fearful avoidant, by the way, is sometimes a hailstorm, sometimes a turtle, which is even more confusing, right? It's even more confusing for them to live with that inner world. It feels very chaotic and it feels very confusing and destabilizing to the people that are in relationships with them. So if you are either a hailstorm or a turtle, or you know someone who you can identify as either a hailstorm or a turtle, the first thing I want to tell you is that this does not mean the relationship is doomed or there is something deeply flawed about either of you that can never be fixed. Not at all. It just means you're human and that the patterns and underlying core fears and needs have not been brought to light. Often because you yourself are not aware of them. You're only aware of the surface level symptomatology and annoyances and hurts and letdowns. You're aware of what you feel in the moment, but you're not aware of what is driving your reactions to those feelings, right? Two people can feel disappointment and react differently to that disappointment. So you are aware of the disappointment. You're not aware of why do I react this particular way to disappointment. And that's what we need to unpack. Every time I share this and really help our clients inside our flagship program, Heal Your Relationships. There's three major pillars. And the first pillar is always when you come into the program, we help you understand your attachment style and your loved one's attachment style. And immediately it's like switching on the lights in a dark room. Immediately you can see why exactly you and that person have had the patterns and the communications and the frustrations that you've experienced so far. It's like clear as day. You're not confused any longer. You can see what the furniture is 
inside the room. You can see where there is space to walk and where there isn't. It just all suddenly makes sense. So that's why we start there in our programs is to give you such an in-depth understanding of your attachment style and the other person's in your life, such that any interaction with them, past or present, you can, within the first few seconds of that interaction, you will know exactly what's happening. What is the core fear that's being poked for both of you? What is the core need for both of you? What sort of reassurance each of you needs so that you can bring your whole self instead of your fear to the present moment, to that interaction, you can bring your adult wise self, right? It's very hard to do that when we're triggered. We forget about our wise self and we can only bring the fight, flight or freeze response because we've been triggered. So this allows you to bypass that response because now you can see everything in the room. So you're not constantly walking into a dark room and falling face first and bumping into things and coming out again bruised. It's like a superpower. This is why we have a 90% success rate in our programs because communication skills don't work unless we show you how to navigate attachment wounds and patterns. Otherwise, all the communication tools in the world, which by the way, you already know how to communicate well, you do it with every other person in your life, very effectively, but in your intimate relationships, because of these attachment wounds getting poked, our communication tools don't work. So just learning I statements and going on date nights and whatever else we do, right? It's all superficial because it doesn't work in the moment when you're triggered. This is why we start with attachment science and breaking down these patterns. We actually have a whole spreadsheet that it's almost like math. You can just look at it and say, ah, this is exactly this, this and this is happening in this moment and this is what I need to do. And you do it in a way that is honoring of you and the other person, never abandoning yourself or compromising your values because that is not sustainable. So if you are a hailstorm or a turtle, I want you to hear, it doesn't mean that your relationship is doomed. It doesn't mean that you or your spouse is deeply flawed in some irredeemable way, quite the opposite means you're human and you need to learn how to switch on the light. So the cycle of pain stops and you don't transfer it to your children as well. And number three, we need to learn how to first stop poking each other's wounds. The second stage is to learn how to soothe each other's wounds. And the third and final stage is when couples can actually protect each other's wounds. We help you navigate to that final stage, which is when your relationship feels like it is your soft, safe landing spot in the world. It's the place that you can rely on, you can turn to, you can fall back on, you know that in your bones, you have each other, you're a team, right? To have that feeling, you have to be able to learn how to protect each other's wounds. Prevent, right? Protect means we're preventing any hurt. We're not, we're not just not poking. We're not just soothing after a poke. We're actually preventing. And that is the final stage where a relationship feels like it's the best thing that's ever happened to you. And it is possible for all people, including if you are anxiously preoccupied or dismissive avoidant or fearful avoidant. Okay. And it is possible for you if you're securely attached and you happen to be married or in relationship with somebody on the insecure spectrum. So, this uh, coming Thursday, this next week, 
I'm going to be unpacking this dynamic more and talking about what are the core fears and what are the core needs that hailstorms carry and what are the core fears and needs that turtles carry and how to begin to think about navigating it and also tell you more about our program and how exactly it works. I'm going to be doing that inside of our Facebook group. It's called Heal Your Relationships. You can find it on Facebook, obviously. <laughs> it's free. And every week I will give an intro to a topic on the podcast. And then the following week, I'm going to be really unpacking it and going deep into application inside of our Heal Your Relationship Facebook group. So I hope to see you there for this next Thursday so that you can bring your questions and I can help you shed some light on whatever it is that you're experiencing in your relational patterns. When we have a lens with which to look at something, it makes sense and we have much less need to personalize somebody else's behavior, right? So come join us in the Facebook group and I hope you'll bring your questions and I can't wait to see you and talk to you and help you switch on the light inside your relationships and inside your life. So that's it for today. I love you so much wherever you are right now, whether you're driving, folding laundry, on a walk, just doing chores around the house or in between work, whatever you are up to right now, please know that I'm with you in heart, in mind, in energy. I'm with you. You are not alone. Big hugs to you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast and you'd like access to our marriage repair toolkit, you can go to www.healyourrelationships, all one word, healyourrelationships.com and look for free training. I'll see you there.